Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. This is The Caning. It's a magazine show where we debate the stories of the week with an awesome panel of guest editors. I've got three guest editors this week. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? And the story, they're very excited because the stories this week, it's been a funny week. Well, not the stuff that's happened isn't particularly funny, but it's good for us to pick apart. There's so many laughs, I just don't know which story to pick first. Which laugh, which laugh shall we pick first? If only there's a way I could pick a laugh. Um, eeny, meeny, miny, moe. <laughs> Catch some sniggers by the toe. <laughs> snigger, I said, snigger. Um, yeah, so uh, Clarkson's main argument seems to be he was accidentally racist. Now, ladies and gentlemen, everyone's allowed to make a mistake, but it's pretty hard to be accidentally racist. I don't know how you manage that. I just tripped and my head went into a pillowcase. The next thing I knew, my cross had caught on fire and I was, <laughs> I was running down the street. Never mind, we all sniggered afterwards. And, uh, the other pathetic argument I've heard is this, is this one, well, of course, and I'm sure my, my, the panellists are going to think different, but uh, no, Jeremy shouldn't be blamed. It's just a word everyone uses now. Everyone uses the N-word. We don't. I don't go down Asda and shout it across the carrots, right? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, but rappers use it, man. We've been desensitised to the word. Black rappers use it. White rappers use it. That might be the case. But you know what? It makes a difference who says a word, doesn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah? yeah. I, can, I can stand on stage and go, do you know what? I'm, unbelievably, I'm straight, by the way. You need to know that for this next minute. <laughs> I, I just love Fanny. WTF? Anyway, <laughs> I can stand on this stage and say, I love, I love women, I love female company, and I enjoy the company of girls. And that's fine, isn't it? But if I were Max Clifford, it takes such a different... <laughs> I really love women. Get in the van! Now. UKIP, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so sick of debating UKIP, but they just won't leave the freaking news. And everyone's like, why give them the press? I'll tell you why. They're freaking hilarious. And also, they're a symptom of everything that's wrong uh, with the way British people debate stuff. You know what UKIP's like? It's like, um, you know when you're watching a horror movie and now and again the mask comes off and you see the real monster underneath and you have to quickly put the mask back on before anyone notices? That's what UKIP are like. They'll, they'll, they'll fall off halfway through a sentence. They'll be like, well, you know, I think if you look at uh, Europe, you'll see that we're better off without integration. Polish people stink of onions. I'm sorry, my mask fell off. <laughs> Just ignore that last bit. I didn't mean that. I was talking about the Euro. I know. He had one that said all women were sluts. Did you hear that? He was, in, he was heckled. A journalist went, I think you're out of order there. And he went, yes, well, all women are sluts. I'm sorry, my mask has fallen off. What I meant was traditional family values are to be uh, applauded. And the, 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 there's a new character has entered the scene. His name is Dimitri Marcosini. And isn't he a lovely character, ladies and gentlemen? He says that gay men can't experience love, only lust. Uh, they, there's no such thing as gay fidelity. But the best one he came out with was this. Trousers. Have you been watching this debate? He's written a book called Women in Trousers, A Rear View. And he thinks that women, this really exists. I'm not doing a character from the 60s. This guy really exists, right? He thinks that women shouldn't wear trousers. It's wrong. And everything that's wrong with society is because women wear trousers. And that's why the birth rate is going down, because women are wearing trousers. And that is stopping men having sex with women, because we don't have sex anymore because women are wearing trousers. No, Dimitri. Quite the opposite. Since women have been wearing trousers, they're more sexually confident, liberated, and post-feminist. We're having sex all the time. It's just that no one's having sex with you, you <laughs> rapey fucking dinosaur. <laughs> There's another story going around this week. We are the most sexist country, one of the most sexist countries according to UN. We're the worst for sexism in the workplace. This comes, of course, to the same week with Susanna Reid being told to get her legs out. Like, no one's worried about the format of the show or if she's doing news justice. It's about whether her legs are shown. We're the most sexist society. And my theory is, it's because we don't 
because we're repressed, that now and again our little volcanoes of lust go off. If you think about it, other countries, they're more expressive. They have a medium amount of energy. If we were Americans, we sort of, we let out a medium amount of emotion. The same with Australians, they're sort of debating halfway through the week, whereas we're sort of nothing or everything. And if you repress, it's like emotional physics. If you push down on something enough, something will squirt out eventually. <laughs> we won't talk about sex, we mustn't talk about sex. All week, we don't drink, do we? No alcohol, nothing. I won't, I won't look at a beer, I won't do anything. It's Friday night, smash up a bus stop. Back to work on Monday. <laughs> And it's the same with our sex lives, isn't it? Nothing all week, ladies. I'm 39 years old and I would rather die and be eaten by cats than show Graham across the office that I fancy. I would rather die with my last egg withering in my body than show Graham in the office I find him attractive. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's Friday, fingered behind a skip. Back to work on Monday. Nothing, 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 lots. If you live in a culture where we have so much lack of expression, we're gonna have problems with over-expression in places. It goes up, it's like balancing a vulgar fraction, right? I mean, how many, are there any single girls or any girls being single and being abroad in this audience, yeah? It's gonna be lots of you, right? And you come back and you hear this unbelievable sentence come out of British women's mouth. It was horrible when I was abroad. The men, <laughs> honestly, I'm not, exa I'm not exaggerating, Jackie, they come up to you and ask you out in broad daylight. Do you know what? That's culturally normal, right? What's abnormal is to need a man to be so drunk off his head that he's dragging himself across the dance floor with a claw and his liver hanging out of his ass, saying, I can see two of you, but as long as I can put something in one of you, I don't give a shit. That's abnormal. The time you'll notice it most is if you go to the States. Has any, girl, any girls been as a single British girl to America? Has anyone experienced that? It's even more confusing because they sound like us, very culturally similar like us, they look like us, and you'll, you'll have the most weird experience there. If you're an attractive lady walking around in, in the USA, it will just be a matter of days till one of these guys walks up to you and goes, hey, I know it's broad daylight, but I got a newsflash. You're kind of beautiful, okay? <laughs> and I'm taking you out for lunch. All righty then, or something like that. Get Biff, get Scooter. I might have exaggerated that a little bit. I know. Could you imagine that if one of these British guys went and tried that? It's just unknown in our culture. Sorry, love, I was following you around boots earlier. Get back, get back. And I will spray this in your face. You will do me against the wall of a nightclub like a normal bloke. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the news. Thank you very much. And I'll keep that applause going if you welcome our panelists to the stage. Matt Richardson, Ellie Taylor and Stephen Grant. Who wants to kick off? I think I know what the biggest story is. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll, with Jeremy Clarkson. Definitely. The falling of greatness. Yeah. <laughs> of Jeremy Clarkson, I suppose, as well. Max Clifford as well this week. Kind of, you can kind of sort of include that. These yeah. sort of um, bastards of society <laughs> showing what they actually are. Mm. So, so what... So wow. Now let's no, Jeremy, sorry. <laughs> Just on the point of Jeremy. Okay, right. I'm, I'm going to defend him a bit later if I felt it was slightly unfair. Racist. You've just put him in with... <laughs> <laughs> what did you, you do? You just put him in with Max Clifford. <laughs> Shagged a kid, said the M-word, you're all the same. Yeah. Hell, yeah. I'm, no, I, no, I genuinely don't think uh, you could put them... No, I mean, no, it's, it's too, slightly it's different. two alpha it, males but. in media have toppled in one week. That's, that's yeah. the similarity. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. yeah, that's what's weird about And they've both got quite sort of uh, an overinflated sense of entitlement, I think. Like, their attitudes towards it. Like, Jeremy Clarkson has apologised, but now subsequently kind of taken back his apology. Mm. And he said... In, in his um his uh article in the sun his uh column he has he said uh it's like apologizing for using that word is like apologizing for invading syria something i didn't do like, that's not the same thing at all no. yeah but also what you, 
<laughs> the people that read The Sun don't know what Syria is, so <laughs> it's absolutely fine. Yeah. And to be fair, there isn't a video of Jeremy Clarkson invading Syria in a blurred way. No. Oh, yeah. so there's no, it, wouldn't, it would, <laughs> looks a bit like Clarkson. It would just <laughs> slightly put his finger <laughs> yeah. over the line of Syria. Oh. It, would, it would be blurred because he'd be driving a Lamborghini so fast, I'd be to Damascus in no time. <laughs> That's the new Top Gear challenge yeah. on the next series. <laughs> Who can take down Syria the quickest in what car? But so, so come on, it's, it's going to be really boring if we all sit here going, oh yes, Jeremy Clarkson's in the... I mean, we know what he did was wrong, but have, let's, let's right, okay. say, to play well, devil's advocate at least. Well, I, well okay, well, we're all, we're all comics, and I just think free speech is kind of quite important for us. I'm not saying the genuine the speech to go around and be misogynistic and racist and offensive for the sake of it, all right, okay, because... Right, you Frankie know, Boyle's done that already. Exactly, anyway. yeah, it's been done, all right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, disabled baby, you know, but I... Um, it's, but the upshot of it is, is that he... Most of the things he says, whether you like him or not, are, are kind of funny to somebody, because it must be, because Top Gear makes a huge amount of money for the BBC, which is why always people go, they never sack him, because he makes a huge amount of money, which is a separate kind of question. But the reality of it is, is that in context, it's clearly a joke. I don't think people genuinely take him seriously. I don't think there are people listening to him, you know, doing that sort of rhyme and sitting there and think, he's genuinely racist. He might be a bit... But, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit that kind of UKIP racism, isn't it? Where they're kind of, you, you're just old people. You know when you have an elderly relative around and they're lovely and then they start talking about Polish people and you think, I wish I was alive somewhere else. You know, I don't want to don't be listening to this. Or but you, they're still lovely people. I think Jeremy Clarkson's like that. An interesting debate be- like between intention and what you... What yeah, because I don't think there was any malice behind him saying it. He wasn't saying it to be nasty to someone. I think that's a big part of racism, isn't it? Is that like it's a word? Like it's just I think like essentially just letters and things put together, unless you put the hatred behind it. And he didn't. It was in a rhyme and things. So maybe for that reason, if you rhyme in, racism, it's always if you rhyme racism, <laughs> therefore fine. <laughs> but he's got previous with it as well. Like he's insulted other people before. Yeah, groups yeah. Of people and countries. I think that's if it, if it was a first offence. Yeah. I think you'd be a bit like, oh, okay. But he's repeatedly a. And he's an experienced broadcaster. <laughs> Uh, like he should yeah he's exactly he should know what he's doing by now yeah so do you think he should be sacked Ellie come on put it on the line here I think if it was someone less experienced in the U- in the BBC or just someone without such a big profile because me and Matt were talking about this um, earlier saying that how much Top Gear how much revenue Top Gear gathers for the Rev- BBC mm. and he <laughs> <laughs> revenue it's only revenue because it's, it's um, advertising cards hold on wait there we'll over. just get we'll just get you on the microphone sir we have our first speaker excellent <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, the revenue really is coming, is not coming from Jeremy Clarkson, who's just a spoiled little rich kid from a famous father. You know, Careful saying that in West TV. London. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it brings revenue because it's all about cars, like, you know. But he also owns no. the company, part owns the company with the BBC, who distribute Top Gear all over the world, which That's brings where they make in, the money, isn't yeah, it? they, they bring in an awful the lot of money. Well, it's bringing, but we're paying him an awful lot of money out of public. Uh, which is exactly why I don't mm. think anyone else would. Yeah. Well, do you know what? Horrible. Horrible. So do you think do you think he should go and the show should definitely. continue? Yeah. Do you think the show would survive without him though? Yeah, you say that right, but I'm I'm background is in cars, and I actually went for the Top Gear job that James May got and got down to the last. Stephen two. wasn't racist <laughs> enough. Right, okay. Just by one and, syllable. And, <laughs> and I, I, I'm in the car. I've been around the car sort of sort of society a bit, and it is that little bit more blokey, and unfortunately a little bit too white, and a little bit homophobic in places. But the upshot of it is, it, it, it's not, it's not. There's not malice. It's just a bit old school. It's a bit like an old man's club. And that's a slippery slope, though, isn't it? You could use that with. When we're gonna, we might talk about sexism later, so I don't want to jump the gun. But yeah. 
You know, oh, Jack, you're only squeezing past love. Don't make a fuss. It's that. It's that. Uh, yeah, I, I think that Jeremy Clark. I, I, <laughs> That's what I mean. It's I don't think we. I don't think we pay Jeremy Clarkson's salary as much as you think. I think BB, it's BBC Worldwide. They can't, they can't, BBC's got this weird thing where it's got like a commercial arm. And Top Gear, I think it was up there with like the Teletubbies briefly for being like the big earners. And stuff like the World Service exists because. Lots of people watch Top Gear. It's, it's a very strange relationship, and that's how it works. Oh, and because they buy a lot of kind it, of tinky winky dolls. It was, and well, it's like worth hundred, It's like twenty million odd mm. Facebook friends. It's worth tens of millions of pounds. Yeah, isn't it? it, it's, it's almost having Top Gear funds things that are better. So yeah. you've got this awful thing. Like, so it says an awful man, but him existing means that they can fund really interesting things like BBC Four. Uh, so I guess that's. So we need a little. Well, we, need I mean, a, we need a little bit of right wing to pay for all the lovely. Left wing. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> without without him, we wouldn't ever have anything. <laughs> Yeah, but basically, in, one, in one moment, Jeremy Clarkson's going, look at this engine. And then somewhere else, there's a BBC Arabic service. Right? And the two are genuinely related because that's how the way the money works. Any other comments or questions before we move, uh, move on from this story? The gentleman there. I want it's not to pass judgment on where he should or shouldn't be employed. But I think it's interesting that this has happened in the same week where the owner of a basketball team in America, the LA Clippers, mm. has been banned from going to the games, um, fined the maximum fine of $2.0 million for being tapes is being recorded, uh, sorry, uh, recorded um, racist um, to his girlfriend saying very derogatory things. See, this is the, yeah, and, and he was forced to sell, forced to sell his um, stake in the club as well, wasn't yeah. he? And which was amazing that they made them do that. Lifetime but I think that, yeah, and, and a lifetime ban. But the difference here is, is that Jeremy Clarkson did a nursery rhyme and forgot to not say the word yeah. which is offensive. And this other bloke turned to his girlfriend and said, look, when you turn up on the television, for God's sakes, don't be anywhere near a black man, which unfortunately is racist. <laughs> you know, so, and that's the key difference here, isn't it? It's the difference between a racist man being caught out being racist and an entertainer being caught out saying a racist word when they aren't racist. And I think it's a difference in context. And the reason why I don't think it should ever be sacked, and I think as comics, we have to be really careful to kind of maintain the fact that we should be able to say what we can so long as it's not offensive within context. Is because British people have a brilliant sense of humour. And most of us here will have best friends that will turn to and say hugely offensive things to, which we'll find funny because we know we're only having a laugh. And the moment that we all become sanitised and can't say offensive things to people when people who are clever enough know it's a joke, then we walk around becoming Americans and fuck that. So there you go. <laughs> Right. I just think the problem is that people think he's a bell end, therefore they've just gone, right, this is it, no, he's got to go. Whereas like, yeah. if a nice presenter that people love to do, like if McIntyre had done that, who people love, um, people I think would have just been I like. I if Dermot O'Leary said it like. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's going to be eliminated? Eeny, meeny, miny, Oh, you're in. Oh, great. Good times. Yeah. I think the fact that Nigel Farage has stepped in and tried to sort of, you know, have his back. Suggests that he might have fucked up a little bit. If no, <laughs> yeah, if no that is, that is protecting you, then game over. Yeah. That you do is, it's a bit like Max ever going, mate. She looks old enough to me. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're in when Farage is going. Come on, come and join. <laughs> this is where you belong now. Come into the fold. Did you mention the Top Gear thing very quickly about the job? The what? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's we, yeah, we, we mentioned it. these guys backstage didn't know about this either. Uh, my almost claim to fame, I went to four different interviews and went down the different levels, met the executive producer, the producers, all of them, talked to the legal team about what it involved being on Top Gear, and it was properly exciting. Got down to the last two between myself and James May. If you're a Top Gear fan, you'll know James May wasn't there for the first season and a half, uh, series and a half, and um, and then yeah, it went great. I did a day filming with Jeremy. I did a car review. I did the Cool Wall. And then I got a phone call a couple of weeks later from Andy Wilman, the executive producer of Top Gear, who said that actually probably thought I was best on the day, but I was too similar in style and delivery, a delivery to Richard Hammond. Um, and so I couldn't get it. But if Richard were to ever leave the show, they'd give me a ring. Oh. So about three years later, I'm sat in front of the telly going, oh my God, this is amazing. 
Oh my god! I mean, like, I can't believe he lived. How unlucky am I? I uh, 180 miles an hour and he lands on his head, right? He's not even. He's, he's perfectly alright. I mean, uh, genuine. There's no one less lucky than me in showbiz. There really is. Oh, uh, genuinely true as well. Anyone uh, want to uh, volunteer a headline from the audience? Be very careful here. Um, I reckon it should be called. Um, I'm not racist. Some of my favourite cars are black. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hiss that joke, whoever did that. Screw you. <laughs> okay, it's next, uh, next story. It doesn't have to be from the, the headlines I set up. Anything you've seen is taken your right. I thought the story about the uh, UN investigator saying that the UK was the most uh, obviously racist country that she had Sexist. sort of examined. So, sorry. Sexist. Oh, God, yes. And um, and in racist. her defence, she had only just watched Top Gear. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. The most obviously sexist country, which, yes. uh, which, which was quite an interesting thing. So um, she said that it was... Sexism is, can be as bad. She has seen it as, in as bad as in, in other countries, but nowhere sort of so obviously uh, more obvious than like some Africa... Like if you're going to work in Equatorial Guinea, it's still more sexist. Well, I don't know what country she was comparing it to exactly, yeah. but I know she had been to some like... She'd been to some pretty tough places, and people people were saying, "Well, we're, we're not as bad as Saudi Arabia." Like people were getting quite <laughs> defensive about the fact that she had said this about the UK. And I'm like, when you are saying, "Oh, we're better than Saudi Arabia," yeah. in your defence, <laughs> yeah, that is like saying, "I didn't do a Max Clifford for Christ's sake." Yeah, Come on. our bitches can drive. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Bitch be in the car when I touched it. It was weird how <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how people were getting defensive about that fact you know not 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 focusing on the actual problem which is that the uk is inherently but really sexist well, that means you patronize you are the only girl on the panel what is that your you've done, probably done a load of jobs other than uh, comedy and stuff like that is yeah. that your experience of working in the uk because i think sexism is I think I've become more aware of it, sort of doing this kind of showy offy job within the media, which is something that this UN lady had actually sort of specified particularly. Um, I think like if, if we, you talked about the Susanna Reid thing earlier. Yeah. So Susanna Reid started fronting this new ITV breakfast show and um, there was a media uproar because she had dared to sit behind a desk so people couldn't see her legs. Uh, and people were getting really cross about this, or so the media would have us believe. But then apparently, originally, there was about 20 people talking about this on Twitter. The media blew this up. Like, oh my God, the UK is so cross because Susanna Reid's legs are behind a bench. It was front page news. Like, that is not front... Basically, that it is woman sits behind desk. Mm. <laughs> a bit how genuinely is that? annoyed. That's yeah. the bit that gets yeah. me. I mean, how low quality is your porn, right? That you're <laughs> sat down. Oh, breakfast TV, here we go. Trousers around the ankles, tissues ready. A desk? Well, that's my day ruined. <laughs> I got the I feel sorry for Ben Shepherd being upstaged by his co-host's body parts. I think that's a real. Like, I've got a big job and nothing happens. No one talks about him coming to work the next day with his guns out like that. <laughs> just oiling his guns. Welcome during to the news. <laughs> I'm just going to kiss those bad boys. <laughs> so, uh, what what do you think then? Have you done? Because you're obviously you're bit younger than the rest of us but have you done any other any other jobs yeah i worked in, in a lettings office so how uh, did you find that what was the sexism like because uh, that's the, quite that's it, quite a male it was quite laddy and they were all sort of like um but there was like one sort of uh slightly older woman who worked there who was very like motherly but it was so it was what fine really it was you, only you three you of us at lunchtime now go let some properties so people people really liked her but then i guess Putting her in that position, uh, you could be seen as like inherently sexist in that she sort of looked, was very nice to all of us and like looked after us and made sure we were all right haven't rather we than getting on with her job. Haven't we got to define what we mean by sexism here? 
Is it behaviour, language? Is it the way people are promoted? Is it conduct? What are we actually talking about? Well, they, they said pervasive sexism, didn't they? Yeah. So they meant being, that means being actually openly sexist to your face as opposed to inherent sexism like uh, paying you less for the job or kind of limiting your career opportunities. This was literally just being in your face and... And, and derogatory, wasn't it? That mm. That's Comments, what she found, apparently. Like that. Is that the case? I think what, so, give us yeah. an example. You can't tease us like that, Steve, without an example of what that might be. I, I, I've no idea. I work, you talk about previous jobs. I used to work in IT. I met no <laughs> women right, for four years. I've downloaded thousands of them, but I met very few. I, and uh, yeah, it was. We, we did actually get. Uh, other than we had a secretary who came in sort of for three uh, three days a week, right? And did then you just sit there? Go, <laughs> <laughs> well, not, Girls, <laughs> not far off it. That's the whole point. We were just were in a non-female environment, and so in most cases we were just scared. I think I um and, and uh, you know we we I don't I can't remember us being sexist because hopefully we were all sort of educated and sort of intelligent and laid back and sort of disciplined enough to realise that you should behave properly around women. Um, but yeah, around ladies, but. <laughs> but a lot of it, I worked in industrial control systems and computers, and that was many, many years before I did comedy. And uh, I'd work in factories, and then I would get uncomfortable that they would still have the calendars up on the wall with boobs out and all the rest yeah. of it. And, you know, and I, I saw that, and I thought, oh, I seem to have arrived in the 1970s, you know. And that would be almost unseen now. Even in factories, you wouldn't have that. But back then, this was, we're talking about sort of um, 18, 19 oh, years ago. I don't ago, know. I worked in a, a warehouse, and they did have those, uh, those calendars up, and they had a separate computer for porn, so the boss didn't know <laughs> they were looking at it. <laughs> Like in the office, they had a third computer that was their porn computer. Can you imagine the state of the space bar? Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, it didn't work anymore. This lady was from, from the UN, wasn't she? Yeah. So, so she's been to other places, yeah. and she said that we had the worst pervasive sexism. That's terrible, isn't it? Is there it? anyone yeah. here who's lived elsewhere in Europe, anywhere else, who mm. reckons that they were more sexist than Britain? Because I reckon surely loads of countries are more sexist than us. Uh, with someone in the front row? Well, I lived in France, and um, I'd say that, as a rule... Don't want to offend anyone. There's no Europeans in, but I'd say it's a rule that European guys are more sexist, and it's kind of going back to what someone said earlier that like English people are almost too polite that they wouldn't want to bother anybody. Excuse me, but Whereas, your boobs are lovely. Like, I'm so sorry. When <laughs> I lived in France, it's quite normal for guys to like stop their car to try and get you in it. And they're very, like, overtly... It happened in Portugal a few years ago, That's, I think. That must yeah. No, but, like, yeah, people are just very, like, more up for, like, pinching your bum and... Yeah. Like Clarkson. <laughs> I, 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 would, I think British people, in my impression, though, obviously I'm, I'm not on the receiving end of it, not being a woman, are less sexist than most of the mainland Europeans. And also the further south in Europe you get, the more, the more they kind of become much more kind of like this as well. I think you go further north than Britain, if you get into Scandinavia, I think they're enormously great at the mm. uh, equality side of things. It blows my mind. I went to Norway last year, and um, the thing is, because they are all beautiful, like people say that they're, beaut they're all beautiful, no one really acknowledges that about each other. So when you go there and meet a Norwegian girl, and go, you're, the, you're, you're just phenomenally beautiful. They're like, oh, thank you so, so much. So the solution so nice. is to uh, kill all the ugly people here. Yeah, well, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> when, oh, when, yeah. we're, when we're all good looking no one will say anything about bloody legs I hear you the fourth like, surrounded by beauty <laughs> it's fine Don't need to, they know they're beautiful I'm pretty sure I heard that programme in 1936 <laughs> <laughs> now <laughs> any other uh, any other comments on this we've got some juicy subjects today people must have strong opinions can I just ask sure just sexism against women can can sexism not be both ways around? Yeah, that's a good it question. Be. It can be, yeah. My bum was very much pinched at school and it was horrible. That's right. And the stuff you had to do to work on the X Factor. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and compared to what the contestants have to do, it's nothing. <laughs> I suppose if you want to talk about, like, it can men have sexism against them, then I suppose it's like the same rule in 
well, rules, if it's an actual rule in racism, but you can't really, you can't subjugate someone who isn't um, sort of able, like, you can't subjugate men because they are, you know, they are the ruling patriarchy. They are, yeah. they are the winners. You can't really, you can't really subjugate uh, a middle-class white man because there's nothing, he has, he has nothing to fight against. Yeah. And it's the same Except kind of thing. Except Waitrose closes or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, why have you done this to us? <laughs> so I don't know if you can with as much. Yeah. There's going to be, uh, what against it's sexist against men or women or but or but, but do men really feel objectified genuinely do men feel objectified oh. when they see the diet coke advert or whatever i do think you, is that a real problem no, it makes me like that actually, i think that's actually, actually sexist against women for assuming that they all fancy blokes with a six-pack going oh that the girls will like that that'll be great right that oh no we absolutely do matt we absolutely I mean, do <laughs> <laughs> Someone, does someone <laughs> basically does me, they <laughs> are that hollow does that's someone, me going I don't have a six pack it's alright isn't it guys <laughs> do one of the one of the girls want to break it to Matt gently <laughs> we need a, a headline anyone got a headline um, a, Brit, a Brit on the side Brit on the side okay I've got sexism in it so far from the story <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a, a little Brit sexist is what I meant a little Brit no, sexist oh, there we go that's very good. Someone he sat down now. I have to. Uh, Stephen, no one touches the whiteboard except me. <laughs> can, you get my, can you get my mum, please, now? Got another story? Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's good. It kind of almost brings everything we talked about together, and that is UKIP, okay? Because it's coming up to the European elections. The one positive thing you can say about UKIP is they've made the European elections interesting for once because no one never really bothered about in the past but we have this bizarre phenomena of a party that aren't particularly well funded theoretically not very well supported getting huge amounts of airtime huge amounts of media and then all these people are coming out of the woodwork uh, the the guy uh, the dimitri guy that we spoke you spoke yeah. about earlier on who is a, a massive funder and a backer of you <laughs> massive funder is one word for it <laughs> but also doesn't actually give them that much money in politics terms does he like it gives yeah. him like 10 grand here and five grand there it's yeah. whereas like there's massive Tory loans give millions of pounds yet he's still a massive story yeah well this is the whole point isn't it it, it would be something that wouldn't even be sniffed out by the other parties but because ukip is still effectively quite a fledgling party they are really going through the fine tooth comb and with reason because he He's brought out this book, as you mentioned, <laughs> where um, saying about how uh, women should all wear skirts, and because we wear trousers, the birth rate has gone down. Women Please know I am wearing trousers today. <laughs> Absolutely, that's right. And, and They're actually are... padlocked shut yes. as well, just to make <laughs> sure. Fabulous. Uh, and, <laughs> and and on top of that, there is the fact that Farage himself is a bit of an anomaly because they are predicting he will do very well in the European elections. Uh, which means that he will have loads of people going to work somewhere where they don't want to be, which is a phenomenal thing, really. He's effectively campaigning to lose his own job, and he's doing really badly at it because they'll end up in Europe. And then on top of that, there's the Lenny Henry thing as well with a uh, UKIP um, sort of... I don't know he was an actual councillor or someone who was actually uh, putting himself forward to be a councillor, saying that uh, Lenny Henry should go to work in a black country. I think, to be fair, I think he's mistook Birmingham for the black country. And um, he's it's... It's UKIP, really. It's it's the ongoing argument whether somebody who believes that we would be better off outside of Europe is fundamentally racist. Because they don't believe they're racist, but it's quite astonishing just how many people who support them are racist. So, pick that apart. We got. Um... I think the, I think the main problem with Nigel Farage is uh, that our politics system has changed into almost an American-style politics system in that we don't vote 
for um, who's best to represent us, your MP, who's going to represent you. People vote for celebrity now, which is like what the because obviously the Americans vote for their president separately to their representatives. Mm. Whereas someone like Farage is going to get votes because people are talking about him more than my MP or my like local green MP. Whereas if he was a massive star, then that would absolutely change the way it votes. And I think the issue is that um, he's he's getting all this traction just because people like it's the same reason Boris Johnson is London Mayor because he did quite well on a panel show a couple of times. UKIP <laughs> just seems to properly attract nutters though it's like a a salsa class or a park bench like <laughs> the weirdos just go to it don't they and i'm yeah. sure within the in uk there must be some there must shortly some normal people but the stuff i've read about this one like this boy um who wanted to he was like a teenage councillor candidate and um he'd got in trouble for writing a lot of tweets and saying things like muslim scum and loads of sexist stuff and his dad came on and said uh, uh he's uh, he's the least racist and sexist person i know he came home with a curry last night <laughs> <laughs> like oh well he has a samosa that's like a baptism of his mouth like it cleanses him <laughs> of all his sins they just so many people saying mental stuff. I no. think, but I think because um, they're they're full of so many big personalities, they attract people from the fringes of uh, what is kind of like normal. Normal, uh, yeah. Thing. So I think just because Nigel Farage is saying something different, people that are racist, he's just the closest they can get. So they're all getting on board, and it's making it look like a racist party. When actually, yeah, it's, 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 a lot it's, of their I'm not racist, but party. Yeah, yeah, isn't yeah, it? That's exactly. what it is, isn't it? Yeah. But, but, but then but all the racists go, oh, but that's oh, we can get into that because it's nearly racist. But this is this is purely to be provocative now. Is there anything inherently racist about not wanting to be joined with Europe? No, see, that's the problem. It isn't. Is, there, is the idea of that, all other things aside, inherently yeah, racially but, prejudiced? But no, if there was the a other. strong... That's the thing. Nigel Farage is trying to make a strong political, economic, and uh, I would say impassioned plea as to why we shouldn't be in Europe. And he's actually coming up with facts and figures. They are mostly wider the mark but he's trying to do his bit to argue logically why we shouldn't be in Europe would you vote for the euro if there was a vote would I vote for the euro no I think actually in a strange no one ever likes to answer this question I know, I, know I would never I don't think we would want the euro not just because of the sovereignty we want the Queen's head on stuff you know I think speak for yourself Grant <laughs> I, I think this idea of the fact that well theoretically the euro is a good socialist device because a lot of people make their money moving foreign exchanges around and moving, making money by changing money into different types of money I mean how do those people go to bed at the end of the day what do you make today money from what money good day I, you know, <laughs> it's not proper human beings I know. you know we're not chopping down trees or cooking food for people are we it's not mm. a proper job so no I, I don't think I would go for the euro but by the same virtue I think anything that brings you closer to other communities has got to be a good thing and I think saying we shouldn't be in Europe because we've gone through any economic recession it must be the fault of all the foreigners that are coming over is pride of classic xenophobia and, and that's what they appeal to any other any other comments you know i was going to agree basically really what they're playing on is not about us being part of europe what they're saying is we don't want europe to be part of great britain we don't want all these europeans moving to great britain and you know as londoners we know that's what makes london fantastic mm. is the diversity all the international people here um, and I think, you know, they are playing, um, you know, a dangerous game. Mm. Well, the biggest, um, the biggest immigrants into Britain are the French. And that never comes up, does it? Like, Farage is going, all these people, Eastern Europe, they're coming over. That must like, be that's, with the, that's why the traffic jams are so bad, because they're stopping for, for women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> On the wrong side of the road. London is, London has got more French people than a lot of, like, it's like the French cities. 
fourth or fifth, fifth biggest French city, London. But that's never mentioned because like uh, we see that as like a positive uh, coming here, like French people if they've got skills and you know because they're meant to be interesting and cultured, say. Mm. Whereas like they're trying to portray certain parts of Europe as not worthy of being a part of our country, which is ridiculous because just all people. Yeah, and if you walk down the road in any British town, no matter how far it is from France, you will see evidence of French culture, of which we're better, you know, like. Uh, <laughs> Café Rouge, um, <laughs> Pret-a-Manger, <laughs> La Fitness. It's um, <laughs> La Fitness. pretty much everywhere. Have you started making those jokes since you became a dad by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> Don't have any more children, Stephen. Right. <laughs> I can't. Anyway, I, um, I can't. Seriously, after two, it was uh, right after. It was unexpected item in bagging area. That's what I got. I... Um, uh, <laughs> what, have you had this? Have you had yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Two weeks ago, you uh, had the vasectomy. Too. Oh, Hang on, you can't really, they tell you it takes you three Hang days on. to heal. Right, the interest in racism just dropped out of the room. <laughs> and we learned that Stephen's yeah. vas deferens was soldered a oh, fortnight ago. Yes, that's what they do. That's what they do in the old days. They cut it and tie it apart. Now they actually put like crocodile plaza and they clamp. You ever seen a toddler try to use a straw? And then they clamp it shut with their teeth. That's what they do. They basically clamp. Well, they it use shut a toddler to. <laughs> Have we learned nothing from the you, Tree? Nothing. Vasectomy clinic. <laughs> Was it painful, Steve? It's Sorry, I know we're back off topic now, but everyone wants to know, <laughs> especially the men. Well, uh, the key, the key question is: Is it more painful than childbirth? And as my wife said, I don't think it is. Get in the clinic. So I. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so no, it's it's. I tell you what it is. It's um it's it's under local. It's not under general. Um, so you, you kind of put done there, and you and the other thing is where you have to shave, like from the let. Well, basically you have to look like the letter T, and um, with a kind of like sort of like with the black bit across the top and the kind of that going down there, and um and so they. Yeah, well, what happens is, is they make a single incision to clamp it shut, but unfortunately they have to burn it, and and apparently the smell. You, you have to have the letter T. Well, no. What I mean is, is it's it's kind of you. I've never shaved my. It's kind of a weird thing, right? Uh, <laughs> apparently, American men do it all the time. Yeah, apparently, America. It's really common yeah. for American men yeah, common to shave American. those areas. <laughs> but I. For the, for the illusion of length, I think. It is. Yeah, yeah. But I've never done that before as well, and it was have just. You never been bored in the bathroom. I've not. Yeah. No. I. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've never been in the bathroom with my testicles and a blade, and I thought, hang on. Uh, <laughs> these these two having, haven't having, met. Like, a you know? spectacular poo, but there's no book. Like, that's when I did mine. Hang on, you don't shave your nuts while you're pooing. That's disgusting. <laughs> right. More evidence, more I evidence the fans that we can multitask. So I am. Um, <laughs> I do shave my, I shave my balls, but not my pubes. I trim those, but I shave my balls. It's very St risky. Stephen just has a full Jackson 5 with an acorn on. <laughs> I get no snipful. Uh, they, um, they bring out a little hoover, and you thought, what? what's this for, right? Okay. And what it is, is because the uh, smell of the, of, the, of the heat generated delicious. by the thing is, is um, it can make men pass out because you're not... You're not basically, you know how the smell Imagine of burning hair and flesh is horrible? Oh. Well, apparently the smell of your own burning genitalia oh. will make you pass out. So they have a little hoover to suck the smell away while you're doing I it. suck the smell away? Yeah. And if yeah. you used a hoover in the first place, the kids wouldn't have been an issue. <laughs> no, absolutely, yeah. The, um, <laughs> the thing is, they tell you it takes two days to heal, but it was, t yeah, two weeks and it's... Really? Yeah, it's still... Once you've had it and what... What, well, actually, what comes well, out? Well, that, you know Aww. what, that is... I asked that question... Dust and dreams. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> um, no, obviously Steve, Stephen ejaculates pure data anyway. One zero, one zero, 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 one zero, zero. One zero, one zero, one zero. He ejaculates binary code. It's one of the few men to do it. Um, it's... Uh, <laughs> 
it's what, what happens is the, the seat it's the most asked question and so he's used to it he said yeah that's what everybody actually asks not beforehand but at the time what happens is, is they're still being generated but they don't make their way to the end of the journey and they just dissolve into the rest of your body see that's a problem that you keep no no, uh, but, no but I think what Ellie, Ellie yeah, they basically, I think, overpopulation dissolves I think Ellie was asking in a very sweet way was do you just sort of does liquid come out, out? No, do you, do, do you, do like, you, you know that juice? air gun where you fire across the room like, <laughs> <laughs> you fire Imagine an air facial like that. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like when you when you try to inflate a car tire and you leave the machine going before you take it out. I, no, it's um, you're still you're, there's still coffee. Is it's just decreases in all, a room. You know, it's, it's just old men wanking. <laughs> oh my god, that's so much more entertaining than you kid. <laughs> time aren't we I think, uh, there was going to be a fourth uh, story but um, I think do you know what I'm going to include your vasectomy as a fourth story first of all we need a headline for UKIP yeah! and next week's guest is that gentleman on the podcast have the mic you snip from the audience that was worth waiting you for was, I mean we ended on a high <laughs> okay so we've uh, We've only managed to get through three stories um, this week. And before we vote for the winning story, I just want to say thanks to everyone who's downloaded the podcast. It's been a great uh, series. This is the final one. And we are coming back during August. We're going to be recording them during the Edinburgh Festival, so there'll be loads of comedians up there doing it. So do continue to download The Caning and look out for that new series. But for now, we have to vote for the winning story. I can already guess. <laughs> it, was, it was lagging behind until Stephen's cop was flopped out with Mr T on top of it. <laughs> Ain't getting no plain food. Now, but nonetheless, let's go through this vote. That's Ma sun quality, that headline, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. using it? Like an Iranian election, let's just go through the motions. Now, um, so the first one is, I'm not racist, some of my favourite cars are black. Cheer now if you want this story. Thank you, one person. Uh, a little Brit sexist. Cheer now if you think this was the story of the week. Oh, that's, that's just the girls holding everyone back. <laughs> you snip. <laughs> Maybe There's that's all they need now yeah. to win an election is your testicles. Imagine that. That's the only thing that no could use. be more of a cock than Nigel Farage was Stephen's actual genitals. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you snip is the story of the week. Thank you very much to my guests, Matt Richardson, Ellie Taylor, and Stephen Grant. I've been Russell Kane. This has been the Kaning. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Hey.